This is the Gritty Bird Waterfowl Podcast. What's going on, Gritty Bird Waterfowlers? This is Chris Barbera, your host, joined with co-host Brian Barbera. Today's episode number 12 of the show. It is March 10th or 11th. 10th? March 10th. Today's March 10th. And we're actually sitting at Brian's house doing a podcast here. Just got done watching a bunch of hunting videos, getting jacked up for the season for big game. Um, sipping on some Wyoming whiskey. Pretty good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff, for sure. Um, we got Remy Remington, the lab, with us, too. Today's episode is going to be about um, units and selecting units for your big game season this year, more specifically for us in Colorado. Um, so this year, we're going to be doing a couple different things. we got archery and rifle. And so for archery, we're thinking about hitting um, unit GMU 50, or 86, I think it is. Um, that's the Sangre de Cristo mountain range. Brian and I have backpacked there a couple times, been up to some high mountain lakes, so we're pretty familiar with the area. The terrain's really steep and high elevation. Definitely super high, but... The good thing is, is we kind of know the area, we know what to expect, um, and then we know of some good places that would probably hold some elk, so, I mean, that's pretty key as far as, you know, starting out with archery and doing a type of hunt that we've never done before, so knowing the area is, I mean, it's huge, and I'm looking forward to it, and we'll probably, I might have a fucking heart attack, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I mean, we're not... We're not used to that high elevation hunting. We've, I think the only time I've ever been up that high was when we did the, that backpacking trip. Yeah. Which was, I think we went to like 12,200 feet or something like that. Yeah, it was about that, where we fished. and um, There's definitely elk to be had up that way. Um, just going to be a lot of work to get there and get them. And what do you think are some tips for listeners that have are just kind of like getting into big game and are trying to decide on what unit to select. Like, what would you say if you're just pulling up there? I mean, they're probably, they may not be in Colorado. So like, if you're just going to your local or state GMU map, like where would you begin? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, when I started elk hunting five years ago, um, I had my mind set on one specific trophy unit and acquiring points for it. And I was going to hunt this over the counter unit until I get there. And, you know, it was right across the border and you know, as far as GMUs. And so that's the setup and mindset that I had going into elk hunting and choosing a unit. And now I've noticed that it's like drastically changing for me um, for a lot of reasons. You know, I found a unit that my friend Dominic hunted or our friend Dominic hunted and he was successful and got a good size six by six bull out of there. Um, and, you know, he said that he saw several monster monster bulls you know well over 300 um so that kind of turned me on to that unit it takes a lot less time to draw out of there um whereas the other unit that i was looking at take between 12 and 15 years this unit i'll be able to draw out of seven and you know i might not get that 360 bull but you know i'd be happy with a 320 and and so i'm kind of changing my mindset on how i view things but once i go on that that type of hunt then i'm looking at you know, instead of doing over the counter, doing something where I can draw with zero or one points, but it's a limited draw. Um, 
in specifically GMU 66 and that really wasn't brought to my attention until I was watching a show and just happened to think about it and started looking into it and come to find out there's some a lot of good things about that specific unit definitely um I think for people that are looking for areas to select as far as like a GMU in your state there's so many different tools that are available for us now I mean we got um, topographic, you know, Google Earth maps where we can hone in on specific um, areas where we, you know, as far as like elk terrain, got like you got bedding areas, looking for like north side, sh like shade areas. Like you can really hone in on the specific type of terrain you want to get to. Um, so you got that. And then you also have, um, you know, features like Hunt on X where you got the uh, ability to check out private blm land um i mean you can really specify exactly where I'll you say, want to get on i mean i watched a show with randy newberg the other day and he talked about how he analyzes public and private and just you know how he gets away from hunters and um if you're really looking you know to get away from hunters there's several ways to do it but i would definitely check out his video for sure because it helped me out a lot and opened my mind to a whole new mindset my dad and i talked about it already today and I mean, that, my dad's my number one number one guy as far as scouting goes. He knows he spends hours and hours looking at Google Earth and looking at maps and identifying, you know, where are these elk going to be just based off of a map. And a lot of times he's put us in situations where there are elk. Um, for instance, you know, a couple years ago, him and I went to a spot, got on, bumped a bull, um, got onto this ridge, you know, lots of sign. He took us to a park. Um, back, you know, a mile and a half, two miles back and lots of sign and he did it all just based off of a little bit of knowledge and a lot of searching on Google Earth and then next thing you know we got a little 5x5 five five bull that, you know, was the first bull that we ever got and um, that led to this last year which I would say is the most successful hunt that we had even though we didn't harvest an animal but he put us, I mean he basically put us in elk every single day and um, we found some benches that my dad actually found off Google Earth, and I thought, you know, um, with the temperatures being as warm as they were, we'd probably get into some elk, and sure enough, we bumped a bull back in there, but um, Google Earth does a lot, and if you spend the time, you know, thinking about what terrain elk are in and what they might look for, um, you can find them just based off of that. So, as far as, like, if you're a new hunter going into a spot and let's say it's rifle season so if you want to go whether that's montana idaho colorado or <clears throat> any other state that you're in the western area um what are the factors that you look for as far as like when you're looking at like let's say the, st the statistics for your division of wildlife area like you always point out like success rate is obviously key um bull to cow ratio what other factors would you look for? So that's, I mean, that's, like I said, depending. Um, I have, like, the next five years, I think, mapped out for me. But um, I really <laughs> five do. Five years, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the five-year elk and I kind of talked about that today. We'll stick in the same GMU, you mm -hmm. know, this year and next year. And then I'm planning on trying to draw a tag. And I should draw it because, you know, as of last year, 65 guys put in for that tag as their first choice. And they had the minimum requirement of five or six points um, for first season rifle, and 60 of those 65 guys drew. So my odds of getting a tag, or my dad getting a tag, either of us, um, during that time are extremely high. 
So we should be able to draw out of that out of that uh, unit um, in that year specifically. And then that's when I said like, for instance, once I give up my points, I'm willing to do, you know, a limited draw with zero or one points. Um, and I always use GMU 62 as kind of the fallback because we know how to hunt it. And if we have to go to an over-the-counter, then we can go there. But why not try to get into those GMUs where you still have a chance of getting a 300 class bull, um, but your percentages are a lot higher. So for instance, the success rate that we've been hunting is about 21%. The success rate in the trophy unit that I want to hunt, I believe, is is 47% or 46 maybe. And uh, the success rate That's a in the significant unit... significant difference. Yeah, and then this unit that I want to hunt um, for the limited draw with zero to one points, I believe that's like a 36%. So you have your lower end at like 21%, which we've been hunting. And then there's the, the mid range, which will be that limited draw um, with zero to one points. And that puts you at, you know, 36%. So significantly higher there. And then you have your trophy type unit and that puts you at about a 46%. And then, you know, that specific unit that I was looking at before, I mean, that's 54%, but you have to wait 15 years for it. So a lot of our listeners may not know, and I'm still confused a little bit. So let's say, let's say you've lived in Colorado and you put in for six years. So you have six points essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say to draw unit 66, it requires, I mean, you have like a 80% chance of drawing with two points. So you put in and let's say you draw, right? Mm -hmm. And it takes, let's say, so do you lose all your six points? How does that work? So as soon as you get your first choice, whatever you put in for, first you choice. lose all your points. So if you had 12 points, you'd lose all 12 points. Yeah, so Dominic had 12 points. Okay. He put in, I think it was a seven point or eight point requirement, and he used all 12 of his to go there. That's because he put in as his first choice? Yes. So if you put in first... But he won't have drawn with second choice. Right. You won't draw that second choice. Right. So first choice, you draw, you lose all your points, and you're back mm -hmm. to square zero again. Yeah. And that's true for every state, you think? Um, or is that Colorado specifically? Colorado specifically, but I'm sure that that's, that's probably how it rolls, yeah, you know, all throughout. It makes sense that that's how it goes. Now, as far as how you get those points and acquire them, that could be different as far as the different states out there. But, okay, so that makes sense. So then what is the advantages of, like, second choice, third choice, fourth choice, fourth choice? So recently in Colorado, I think we've had, you know, a high increase in hunters. And the reason I say that is because... Um, you know, four years ago, I drew a really good tag, not great because it's not in a, you know, great unit, but, um, I drew a either sex tag in GMU 62. Well, then we came back and put that, you know, in the same position as our, uh, the next year. I think you drew a cow tag that year. And my dad, I think drew a cow tag that year. That was like two years ago. Uh, three years ago. That was the very first year we hunted. So what, five years ago? Yeah. We came back around and none of us, I don't think, I don't, none of us drew that either sex tag. I think two of us drew cow tags and, you know, we got an over-the-counter bull, whatever. Um, the following year, you know, we didn't draw any tags over the counters. Me and my dad went and that's when we got that bull. Um, and then last year, same thing. We didn't draw that tag that we wanted and no cow tag and... Um, had to go all over the counter bulls, which I mean it really sucked just because We saw cows. I mean we could have we could have hammered several cows, but 
um, at the end of the day. That's not what it was, and that's not what was meant to happen. And so now we got to kind of go to the drawing board again this year and see what we want to do specifically for this season. <coughs> and we got to figure out: do we want 62 to be that fallback unit or not? Because essentially, that I mean, looking ahead, that's really what it's going to be is as a fallback unit. And I just don't know if that's the best over-the-counter unit. I mean, that's what we got to look at now. Is I'm thinking more about the future now than I ever have, um, because I'm getting yeah. close. To, I'm getting close to my trophy hunt. You know, there's I think five units in the state of Colorado that are considered trophy, and in a year, I'll actually have the minimum point requirement for one of those trophy units. Which is six. And points. in two, five. Five points. And then in two years, I'll have the minimum requirement slash you know, 90% chance of drawing a tag in one of those trophy units that I really, really want to hunt. Um, so where Dominic hunted. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think five points will get you in now. So there's, for, and we're, we're fairly new to the big game too, but for people that are brand new to elk hunting, so you got, just to kind of explain how it works, so you, there's the limited draw, which it requires points to specifically get a unit, a GMU, we call it, game management unit. Um, so that the GMU draw limited draw, you have to have a specific amount of points to get um, into those specific units. Now there's also um, over-the-counter tags or OTC tags um, that you can acquire depending on your state's regulations. But for Colorado, um, there's a lot of OTC opportunities for us. Um, so if you don't have any points and you're looking to get into a big game, um, definitely check with your state, your regulation with your Division of Wildlife and see what kind of over-the-counter opportunities you have. Um, for Colorado, we have a decent a decent amount of opportunity for over-the-counter. Good majority of the state is over-the-counter yeah. for bull. I think Idaho and Montana has a lot of leftover tags, if I'm not mistaken, as far as... Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's another way to go, too, is leftover tags in Colorado. But, mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be waiting out in the line for freaking six nights before they, they release them. I mean, literally, like... Um, I hit up my dad. He, I think he stopped by at seven o'clock in the morning because we were trying to get a get a deer tag in '62, I believe, or '61 maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just outrageous. I was like, I'm not willing to wait in that. And I mean, it's it's crazy, but you know, it just depends on how bad you want the tag and what you're willing to do for it. <laughs> And then you got landowner tags, which we just recently found out about. That. Yeah, so I mean that's one thing. Dom's Dom's dad got a landowner tag in New Mexico. Um, he's going to be obviously hunting some private land that backs up to public. I think he's got thirty thousand acres to work with, um, and he's I mean, he's looking for a giant. And that's I mean he's told me he's killed he's killed a two ninety bull. But right now he's looking for that 340. He's got 19 points for Colorado, and he's just gonna wait to spend them. Points. He'll have 20 points next year, and I think that you know we talked about where he's gonna go, and we're obviously looking at Dinosaur Park up in Unit Two. Um, obviously, I'll probably go on that hunt with him and <laughs> you know help him out a little bit. But that's gonna be. I mean, he's got two good opportunities, you know, back-to-back -back on getting just giant bulls. So that's exciting. That's definitely exciting. It's exciting, and he's waited a long time. I mean... I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it's really cool to have that opportunity for sure. And I think, like you said, you mentioned earlier, which is a good point, is start looking towards the future. 
and for big game like you really have to think that way because you got to start especially if you want to hunt out of state too so like i know for me and i think brian too like we'd like to go potentially wyoming idaho montana um new mexico, new mexico arizona. arizona obviously the new mexico arizona tags are definitely trophy unit tags and they're going to acquire like i don't know like 11 12 years to get to so lots of mass on those bulls yeah but like that's all futuristic and you got to start thinking about that so i mean i mean definitely research your top areas well that's it i mean like for me i've always been looking at hunting gmu 61 but i don't know if i'm patient enough to wait 15 years and you know i'm now five years in and i'm sitting at at it and you know i have the chance to go hunt gmu 76 in two years and a good friend you know goes and hunts gmu 76 and fills out on a good sized bull i mean not a giant but he saw giants he just took the first thing he saw um, which might have been a mistake because he killed that bull on day one. I mean, yeah. he knew where the elk were at, and maybe if he held up. Loading, right? He did. He was muzzle-loading, and so I'm going to go out so, first rifle. So let's explain, maybe let's explain as best as we can this, the different seasons that are, there are for elk and deer. So, so you got there's a lot that, and I'm still kind of even learning about it still yeah. to this day. Um, you have archery, you have muzzleloader. You've got first season rifle, second season, third season, fourth season rifles. But as what I've learned is that there's actually a early season. And I don't really know what that means. Early season for rifle? So I think it's early season for rifle. So But I'm kind of confused cuz if you look in the book, it says ER, which would be early rifle. And I don't know if that's during archery or if it happens to be um, in August, I don't know. I'd have to look at that. So okay. Now you also mentioned this. I don't know why I thought of this, but you're mentioning as far as like we were trying to figure out how because I want to hunt both archery and rifle, mm. and you were talking about how there's units labeled as like A and B or what was the different types? So there's A, B, and C tag, a, B, and, and C tag, yeah. in Colorado you could have an A, you could have a B, and you could have a C. So you could get three tags. They just have to be an A, a B, and a C tag. Or a B, a B, and a C tag. Or I think a B, a B, a C, and a C tag. So basically the way that it ultimately breaks down is you have your good tags, you have decent tags, and then you have tags that are really hard to fill. And that's just the way to look at it. And so that A tag is a pretty prime tag. Well, the, the area that we usually hunt, the cow tag is is considered an a tag the over-the-counter bull tag is also considered an a tag so i thought like most of the units in colorado that you could get an a tag being the the draw and a b tag being the over-the-counter for rifle but that's just not how it works so if you just get the bull tag for archery um, in that unit, it's considered a B, a list B tag. But if you get the either sex tag, then it's actually considered a list A. Okay. So you'd use your list A so you wouldn't be able to hunt rifle in that particular unit that we go to. So it's like, it's so strategic as, as far as how you have to figure out your season. I mean, there's so many things you gotta yeah. look at. It's, you gotta look at the list as far as, 
is it an A, B, or C? Then you got to look at um, times a year, obviously, or season that you want to hunt. Then you got to look at, you know, success rates and what units. And then you got to look at, you know, what kind of equipment do I have to hunt? And, exactly. you know, where we hunt now, there's, I mean, some good, great glassing points. Um, there's also areas where it's so thick you can't see, you know, right. 15 yards ahead. And that, that was proven when we bumped those two bulls last year. I, I mean, glasses, I mean, maybe a mono yeah. scope or something. And not even that, because, I mean, literally, those two bulls, we, we yeah. could hear footsteps, you know. We heard the one step up and gallop off. I mean, that's how close those bulls were last year. But we couldn't see them because it was so, so thick. And and uh, that that's hard to hunt. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, I mean, we've kind of gone over the different types of um, tags that there are. I think, so, every state's obviously different as far as when the season opens up, but I think Colorado archery, obviously, is the first thing that opens up, and that starts, I want to say, October, I'm sorry, September 12th or something like that. I think you have the archery picture. yeah no it's earlier than that it's like the like august 28th or something you got the big game brochure check it out we got it right there pull it out Let's see what we got in this book here deer season dates. that's the other thing i gotta think about it's deer yeah i mean i got points to spend i don't know if i want to spend them after finding out what i found out today I mean, that's the thing is like you got deer and like that's a completely different reset. It's just a whole different and it's a whole different style of hunting too. I mean, yeah, it's the same. Like last year we were all elk hunting and yeah. I called my dad up and I knew that there were deer back in there. I told him, I was like, let's go get your deer. And I think he thought I was joking and I wasn't joking because what, how many minutes later? <laughs> <laughs> like 15. <laughs> well, from the time I called him, but yeah. once we got in the truck, Gosh. probably like three. That was like three minutes in the truck. Um, okay, so archery over-the-counter licenses dates August 26th through September 24th. All right, so yeah, and the over-the-counter licenses looks like they go on sale in Colorado July 25th for all of our Colorado listeners. Yeah, I wouldn't, you don't have to buy your over-the-counter tag, though, till the night before season. Yeah, who cares? You know. You just go to your Walmart, sporting good place, wherever it is, and drop your, uh, you need a hunter. Hunter safety card, and you need your. Oh, you found out the hard way this year, last year. Remember? Oh, your re proof of residency. What happened with that shit? Well, like the thing is, I had it licensed, and it was only, it was only like I think, four months old. So I had to go get my new license, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you have to have proof of." So just yeah. So a tip yeah. on that, and if there's a sportsman warehouse employee that's working there, you guys got to get your shit together because. Walmart doesn't give a shit about what you do. <laughs> Literally none. And they told us that. Yeah. When we went to Sportsman, they are like, oh, go to Walmart. And sure as shit, you know, we're on our way out. And we stopped at one, I think, in Woodland Park. And they hooked us up. But, um, yeah, get get your over-the-counter license, you know, the night before. There's no reason to get it before then for an over-the-counter unit. Um, unless it's limited over-the-counter, then maybe you want to get it before then. But but definitely wait. don't wait for your draw license because if you miss the deadline for that... Your SOL. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of positives to the to the uh, draw license. Like for instance, this year our big draw license that we're looking for, obviously we're putting in for trophy units, um, is our first draw, and then you know second choice is going to obviously be, 
you know, for cow tags. And the reason why is because we saw a lot of cows last year and like to get an elk no matter what and fill the freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just good to have a mix of bull and cow tags within the group. So that's what we're going to be doing this year for for rifle anyway. It's a little bit different, you know, with Chris um, doing archery this year. That's going to be kind of his thing. And we're going to just try to get a try to get a straight bull tag so, so that he could still hunt rifle because – you know, at the end of the day, we're looking for a bull in archery, and we're looking to uh, to come out with a nice with a nice elk at some point. So, and that's just the whole thing about prioritizing about like how you're gonna lay out your season. Because if you don't think about if you don't think about that kind of stuff, like let's say I do either sex for the archery tag, then I'm kind of screwed for rifle. Yeah, you won't. I mean, in that unit, you wouldn't be able to hunt it, and you can find some units where. You might be able to find a tag um, in the list B, but you're not going to have a good chance of, of getting a bull in one of those units. I mean, they're just tough to hunt. But as of right now, you use your list B as your first tag and then get a list A um, as a cow tag or or get that second bull tag. You know, it just it doubles your odds when you go out there, obviously, and you spend twice the time out there. You're just doubling your chances. and Yeah. And... And, like, if you have a cow tag for a rifle, like, I mean, it's pretty easy to fill a cow tag. Yeah, you could slam. I mean, we could have filled how many. I mean, where we're at, like, 62. Where we're at, we know we know where the cows are at. And, and there's bulls back in there, too. I mean, like I said, I think last year we bumped a few bulls, obviously, without a doubt. I mean, they definitely weren't cows. Um, and then there was also that bull that I saw down the lane, and that was – Without a doubt. I mean, I think now looking back, it's probably a shooter bull. I just didn't want to take a chance on him. But, I mean, so, I forget. Where did you want to transition into? So, is what I want to do is going to spend the next, this year in in GMU 62. We're going to spend next year in GMU 62. And then after that, I should be able to draw in 76. And it's a tough unit to hunt just because of the altitude. But, you know, I know that there's really good bulls in there mm-hmm. um not great you're not going to get that 380 bull or 390 bull it's just not going to happen but there's going to be those 320 bulls and i'm good with that i'm i'm willing to give up my points for that because i mean really in colorado you're not going to get that 390 or 400 class bull it's just unless you want to wait out for dinosaur park which is 23 years yeah because i mean colorado like so you got to think about like the the size class bull compared to your opportunities. And Colorado's a state where you have a lot of opportunities, but the size class is definitely not going to be a trophy. Usually. There's not a lot of trophy I'm units. Sure there's some I mean, true trophy units. Yeah. There's, like I said, GMU2 and 201, and I think 10's another big one. But for the Those are part, the, really the three, but they take 19 to 24 years, and I'm just not willing to wait that long. I'd rather get two or three big bulls, you know, good-sized bulls, as opposed to getting one absolute, you know, decent, size bullet like a 360 or 380 when i could so what have would you three say chances of getting 320 the trophy units would be like arizona new mexico utah um uh, wyoming has nevada. some big ass bulls nevada has trophy class yeah nevada has some big ass bulls um where else i think that's about it yeah idaho montana wyoming um, new mexico and arizona and nevada I mean, pretty much everywhere that has elk besides maybe Colorado. Washington, maybe. Mm, no, I'd say. Corey Jacobson's Elk University says that Washington's like a pretty crappy place to go. Yeah, I, 
I don't think Washington would be all that great or Oregon or any of those. I mean, Oregon's got a lot decent, of private land. It's like the big decent bulls, but you know, nothing that you can't get in Colorado. Um, I'd say, like I said, I mean, my focus right now is on, on the state that I live in and, and that's just because that's all I could freaking hunt right now. And that's just because, um, I work, <laughs> you know, and yeah, and you hear like you hear a lot of these guys, and that's awesome for them to be able to do that. But I mean, for the average person that's got a full time job, like spending sixteen days in a row out in the field is just not realistic. Oh well, yeah, we would just watch uh, a show today. Yeah. I mean, fourteen days, like it's okay. almost comical. Like, I mean, what do you do? <laughs> like, if, I mean, if that's your full time job, that's awesome. Like, props to you. But I would say eighty percent of hunters, like we have full time, at least forty hour a week jobs, where we can't take off. 14 days so oh it's absolutely yeah and five, it's impossible. Like five seven days maybe you know yeah and that's i mean that's realistic and and like i said that's why i'm just focused on the state that i live in i l- fortunately live in a state that has good elk hunting and you know like i said not trophy class bulls but good size bulls and i'm kind of transitioning you know my whole thought processes on on how i want to hunt so why not go into 76, try to get a, you know, a 300 class bull. Um, and then after that, I have the opportunity to put in for um, 66, which is a limited draw, but it only requires zero or one or two points. And you have a, you still have a chance at a 300 class bull, you know, everything between 280 and 300. And, and that's fine with me. I mean, I don't need this monster 400 bull. Like obviously at some point I'd like to get one, but it doesn't have to be within the next 10 years. And mm-hmm. I know that building points is a, one part of it, but if I'm going to go do that, I'm going to pay the money and I'm going to go try to get a landowner tag in Idaho or Montana. And mm-hmm. and that's how you get those big ass bulls. And I think like based on what I've read and listened to, like for the most part, a lot of those States that you're trying to build up to, I mean, you're going to most likely come out of the pocket anywhere from 50 to 50 to a hundred dollars as far as by the time, like that's the actual fees that you have to pay. Um, you know, the actual tags when you're initially fronting that money is going to be like five, anywhere from five hundred to eight hundred to nine hundred, um, as far as what you need to front. But you'll get most of that back, besides like a seventy dollar charge or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. But I mean, basically, um, everybody listening have a spare savings account where you put your big game uh, where you put five thousand dollars a year <laughs> into building points and then you get that five thousand dollars back however all five thousand dollars is due in one month so so be ready to drop um, a load of cash <laughs> um okay so we've been over the 2017 draw dates and draw leftover over the counter um as far as our next talking points i think you mentioned we were going to go over um just basically, you know, trying to get a trying to get a draw, and you know, you just got to put in and hope that you get that draw that you want. And scout. I mean, I think this year we're serious about scouting. I know that first year we were, and second optics year we were. Key. Um, optics, getting good glass, and we'll talk about that in our next yeah, it's gonna be the podcast. podcast um, but you know, get out, try to find the unit that you want to hunt. Look into statistics. Um, they are big. They, I know Colorado has a great website as far as finding harvest um, percentages and breaking it down. I noticed one particular unit that my dad and I were looking at. I noticed, you know, muzzleloader was great for percentage. 
first season rifle was great and then second and third season it just freaking dropped off and you know what i really think that it is is that it, when that snow hits it pushes those elk down and when it pushes those elk down that land that's down there is all private and so it's hard to get a bull if it's all on private so um those are some things to think about like why is it 40 percent in first season and 15 percent in third well obviously you don't want to just hunt that unit then because if you're going to go third season it doesn't make any sense right i mean because they're going to all be on private land and and if that private land's all low which in colorado is very typical <laughs> um you're not going to want to draw on that unit at those specific times you're going to want to get up there you know first season you know make it your first draw and, and try to get a tag right right so those are all things to look at too is not just what units are good, but when are those units good? Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, there's some units that that suck ass for archery, but they're great for a third and fourth season rifle. Well, why is that? Well, probably because those elk are getting pushed down onto some good public land down at a lower elevation. Yeah, the pressure is going to drop them. In I know, there. like Lizard Mountain and and Jim U seventy, like that's what that is. Those elk are up high and they they get pushed down. So lizard head yeah lizard head yeah by ridgeway and stuff over yeah so i mean those are all things to think about like not just about the unit and place to hunt but when to hunt that place when to hunt that unit and you know you got to look at why why well why are those elk you know why why is the percentage so low during that time you got to understand why you know and for me it makes sense to me in a lot of units but i mean you got to understand why yeah and getting you know, getting the elk's behavior down is definitely a key thing as far as um, knowing where to set up and where to do some um, scouting and patrolling as far as what you're going to do this year. Um, all right, guys. Well, I think this unit, I mean, or this unit, this uh, podcast, we've gone over some good tips as far as the dates and I know very basic. It's really confusing and don't get super frustrated about it because I know, you know, we've been big game hunting for like five five years or so and we still have a lot to learn as far as the point system and being effective at it so don't beat yourself up if you're looking at your brochure and you get confused um i'd like to say call your division of wildlife officer and try to get some more tips they you know depending on the questions you ask they may be willing to give you stuff they may not just kind of depends on the officer i think (laughs) every day uh, yeah had some good ones a few bad ones but just like with anybody. Just talk to them. Yeah, see what you can get out of them. Um, and definitely utilize, there's uh, the Go Hunt app. And our buddy Eric, he just purchased that. And it's got a lot of good information in there. It gives you like uh, what the percentages it would be if you drew for your first choice, second choice, third choice. Or point-wise, like if you, if you had like four points, you know, it would be 90% chance of drawing. It gives you your draw rates and odds. So that's a good uh, another good uh, f- feature to go check out on uh, GoHunt.com. Um, all right, guys. So we're going to wrap this podcast up. It's been episode number 12 of the show. Next podcast, we're going to go into some of the um, new spotting scopes and uh, equipment that we purchased recently. So we'll give you guys some insight on that. I want to thank you for listening. As always, um, we have our Instagram up running, uh, Gritty Bird Waterfowlers. And we have our email, um, grittybirdwaterfowlers at gmail.com. Uh, love the feedback if we can get any uh, positive or negative stuff to improve our show for you guys always looking to do that so thanks again for tuning in